Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Hey guys, Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer, Elliot Sadler, Myatt Snyder. This is Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main Financial. I've got nobody in studio that's on our show normally. So oh, I thought so, you were going to call so, me a nobody. So I'm going to the, well, i got Jason. I'm here. Jason's here. Thank God somebody's committed to this, other than me and him. Uh, but we do have Super Sub. Matthew if you notice, Dillner. the couch is tilted a little bit this way. Why? You're going to keep on coming closer to me because I'm heavier than TJ. So if you and I got on my pontoon boat, we couldn't sit on the same side. Oh, hell no, dude. We'd I'm going to sit in over. the middle. I'm going to sit in the front so it balances the, the engine weight. That's the hardest thing about having a pontoon boat is, you know, I'm a 200-pound guy, 220 if I'm being honest. And so by the time I sit down, everybody else wants to sit on the left side. <laughs> and all my buddies are big guys, too. And it's like, we ride the boat like this, you know, tilt it over. But... Matthew uh, Dillner here, uh, spotter of nobody. Um, I'm just uh, uh, racing genius, though. I don't know about genius, man, but I'm TJ Major's uh, fat cousin. Uh, <laughs> so, what you? I saw you in, uh, in at the racetrack this weekend. Welcome, yeah, man. Welcome back. What were you doing? It was good to be back at the racetrack. My home. Well, it's not the closest place to my home where I grew up, Long Island, New York, but uh, New Hampshire is basically what I consider my home cup track, man. Uh, I know security guards' names there, you know, uh, just, you know, growing up or in modified racing, going through that pit area, it's like family, and yeah. that's that's a, that's my people. Yeah, well, that's the mod community. Yeah. And mods are big on Long Island. I even got to hang out with spotters this week, because yeah. I don't get to, I mean, I don't see you guys anymore, I know, and I, I got to go out with Freddie Kraft. We had a strategy. Oh, you went out with Freddie? Yeah, and he Freddie was responsible. I was so proud of him. He was so responsible. Yeah. No, we didn't do, you know, don't beverages, I don't like we went out, yep. and I said, here's the deal. If we go out, we're going to get this race in because we're going out. Right. So let's let's take one for the team. Yep. Not, you know, I didn't get as much sleep as I needed. Yeah, yeah. But we took it for team. You're welcome, industry. Yeah. We got the race in. Got the race in. So there's no wise tale that if we have a 100% chance of rain, which we did, we're not going to get the race in. If everybody goes out and parties hard and we all feel like crap the next day. Yeah. The race will be for in. some reason you get to race. <laughs> so thanks for doing your part. Hey, you're welcome, man. And, I uh, take one for the team and, and and not getting enough sleep so the rest of us could come home. I think I got home at like one a.m., which was way better than still being there today because it was supposed to rain all day today. There was a point yesterday, uh, Schultz, where 
it literally looked like there is no way. And I'm, I've been up there mm-hmm. since the 90s, the early 90s. Mm-hmm. There's no way we're getting this race in. Zero chance. And I was even behind closed doors in the hallway, uh, kind of in on the meeting with Helton and, and Hoots and all of them. And at one point they had said, okay, man, we got a 35, 45-minute window here. And if it doesn't change within this period of time, we're going to have to make our call. So let me ask you something. So it's that it was that close, yep. and all of a sudden, but let me ask you it, something. It, it cleared up. Why can't they just communicate that to somebody? We're all hanging on something, and we're really hanging on nothing because what comes out from a communication standpoint during the rain process is officially nothing. I unofficially got word that we had to take the green by five thirty. Yes. Which means mathematically. Yes. And we all it, figured that out. It anyway. had to have stopped raining by four. Yeah. Because we can dry it in an hour and a half. Yeah. So we all were kind of looking at that four o'clock thing. Then all of a sudden at three, it stops raining. It's like, oh, finally a window. Boom. And the Titans did their job. They're amazing. I'm not going to say, you know, I used to work for NASCAR. So I used to have to co- tow the company line. So I'm careful. Used to be careful about what I say. I, I'm. This might sound like a company line. But I was in race control before Hoots and Helton were up there and watching the process just because I was interested. Yeah. You know, seeing how Mike and those guys take care of it. And I just wanted because I was in the booth with Dale most of the weekend uh, behind the scenes. And it was great to go up there and see those guys. But, man, I got a peek behind the curtain on all the things that they're doing and the planning for when it does start to dwindle off rain wise. I, I didn't know there was as much going on involved in how they had to actually plan that. Oh, yeah. And it was an eye-opener a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they got two or three guys that are dedicated just to the drying process methodically. Yeah. Not the decision-making And they had a process. plan. Like, as soon as it stops, there was like 10 moving parts of how they were going to do it, and it was really interesting. And it works. It works wonders. Thank goodness. I got to get to the airport, so we're going to jump right into the show. Come on, spot on, right. spot off, man. Spot on, oh God, what? spot on, spot off, That's, not you, spit. What, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you. Spit on, spit it off. You, you went to Clemson, and now you've dumbed down to where you can't even <laughs> speak <dumbed> English. <laughs> the first thing that happens in this show after you've been to Clemson is you can't even talk. I lost my education. So congratulations on dumbing down your own IQ just by stopping in that town. But they're crazy buildings. It's awesome down there. There is a really good Hooters there, though. The most awesome thing about Clemson is leaving it. <laughs> I, I like their f- colors, man. Orange. I'm, yeah, I'm a New York Islanders I, guy, man. I, orange and blue. I, I, man, I don't even let my kids wear orange at Halloween. We nice pa- nice we hat, our, by the way. We, we don't even have orange pumpkins. Nice hat, by the way. <laughs> you have red pumpkins. Man, go Cox. Hey, football season, man, it's close. College football season is like a month away. They're starting camp now. I into it. Well, it's because you're from the Northeast yeah, and all your college football programs suck. suck. We're in the South now, Dillner. You're in the South. I'm a Tar Heel guy. They so that's why too. I'm into base, uh, b- basketball and baseball. You got to go to basketball because then Fedora just pissed the whole world off with what he <laughs> said about concussions. Bless his heart. Uh, but anyway, sorry. Hey, did you see uh, Tillman Hall? Uh, not sure. It's a real tall point thingy looking building. Maybe. We just walked by the football stadium. They went to their like training facility. I want, a, their... uh, I want a talent competition there in probably like 1991. I won $250 and I went and bought the world's first Nintendo or the world's first Sega. Whatever was whatever was brand new that year. Yeah. Like that's I took all my money. My mom was like, what are you going to do with this money? I was like, I'm going to buy a video game system is what I'm doing with this money. And I did. Then I didn't have enough money to buy a video game. So, <laughs> so she had you have to, to win another game. competition. I had to win another one. But the only thing that good to ever come out of Clemson is leaving. Trust me. No, it was good. I liked it. it sucks. I might go there if I had to. Can go you? To a you school. can fire him. 
I mean, he is door bumper clear. He's 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 tra- I told him on the Twitter. I said, "You better enjoy this show." I didn't tell him it might be your last. <laughs> but I think everybody else figured that out. Come on, fearless yep. leader. There's no Casey. You're just going to be red- redhead Casey. Yep, redhead Casey. All right, spot on, spot off. Harvick pushes Kyle Busch out of the way with seven laps to go. It's for the win, spot on. I mean, I, you know, when when I look at racing and I look at rivalries and I look at what built this sport in the '80s to make it what it is today. It was guys like this that won at all costs, and he didn't wreck him. This is the famous bump and run that everybody talks about. The fact that it was Kyle Busch probably makes it a lot more popular among people who don't like Kyle Busch because Kyle's one of those guys that you either love him or you hate him. him. There's no in-between ground, you know. So I think that all the the Kyle Busch fans are probably irate, and he has a lot of fans. Kyle Busch has a ton of fans. But he has either fans or... Yes. So the guys that love him right now are hating on Harvick. And I think it's great for the sport because the two guys, uh, you know, we got three guys winning a lot of races and, and there's a lot of positives from that. You know, when you look back at the eighties and nineties, this is where heroes are made by winning a lot of races. This is where champions are made. All three of these guys are champions. It's where hall of famers are made. These guys are going to be hall of famers. Like we couldn't be in a better era for these three guys to be going at it. Like they are. And to have them running, you know, one, two, four and moving each other out of the way. Like that's what we need to build up hype going into this playoff. And there's uh, two guys in particular that might, don't mind getting in dust-ups, yes. which could provide sparks in the playoffs. I say spot on uh, because of the fact that he did not dump him. I do not like the dump and run. I do not mind the bump and run. But you have to know when you do a bump and run, it might come get back to get you. And it might not come back that race. It might come back three races from now or it might come back in the playoffs. And with a guy like Kyle Busch, he handled that with grace afterwards. It can come but, back the next corner. But he's not going to forget. He's not going to forget. It could have happened the next corner, yeah. the payback. But the way that PJ1 is aligned is Harvick knew I got to move him out of this PJ1. Once he's out of the PJ1, yep. I won't see him the rest of the race unless there's a caution, obviously. He got him up. He got him out of the groove. And then once you're off the PJ1, it's lights out. And, and Harvick went on to win a race. So Harvick didn't have the best car. He had a top three car. I think Amarola had the best car. Uh, but but Harvick did what Harvick's been doing. He went and won another race. Spot on, spot off. Now headed towards the playoffs. Bowman has the last spot in. Stenhouse is the first one out on the grid with six races to go before Vegas. Oh, I'd say um, spot on. Um, you know, Bowman... <sighs> Bowman and the Chevrolets, they're just really struggling right now. Chase was the only Chevrolet that really showed anything uh, in this race. And Ricky Stenhouse just had a god-awful day again. Um, and and I don't know, the momentum swing there, It's I think we're going to see it tips, like, tip, tip up and tip down. And, and wherever it falls going into the last race is whoever's going to get that spot. Unless we see one of them rattle off a win, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Man, I... I'll tell you what, just looking at, at the standings that Jason's put in front of us, uh-huh. I've got I've got Jimmy Johnson, 14th, Chase Elliott, 15th, Alex Bowman, 16th, <sighs> William Byron, nowhere to be found. This is Hendrick Motorsports. This is uh, shocking to me. I would have never said this would be the way it would be, you know, with this many races into the season and only a few to make it. I really think Ricky Stenhouse should be in this playoff, and he has single-handedly taken himself out because he's torn up so many cars in practice, torn up so many cars in the race, 28 points in a lot of points. There's a lot of places you can look at a track and go, we gave up 28 points just yesterday. 
you know. So I, I think coming into this final stretch, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure on them guys. I mean, Paul Menard and Stenhouse and Bowman and Chase Elliott, that's the four guys that are that are really in jeopardy because it's really hard for Stenhouse or, or Menard to jump three or four guys, you know, just because of the way the, the, the thing works. It's easier to catch one or two, hard to catch four or five. So I think Amarola's running fast enough and got a big enough point cushion there that we don't have to worry about him. But but here's the thing for Alex Bowman. Should Paul Menard or Ryan Newman or Suarez or somebody pull out a win, guess who's the first guy out? Alex mm-hmm. Bowman. Happened to me last year. You know, they're yep. very fortunate, these guys are, that, that some underdogs and guys outside of the top 15 or 16 aren't winning races. It only takes one or two things to happen. And we got tracks coming up where Walking that can plan. happen. Pocono, Watkins Glen, Indy, a lot of places where fuel mileage can come into play and, and pit strategy. So, man, Alex Bowman better not be sleeping. He better be trying, trying to win races. Spot on, spot off. David Reagan had some interesting comments last week. He said that the gap has grown between the have and have not teams in NASCAR. Brett? I'm spot on for a lot of things he said in that article. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty spot off on the fact that he says the gap has grown. I don't, I don't see the gap growing any more than it already was now i mean i think you have i think you've always had you know the the open trailer team versus the closed trailer team and and i think we've got i mean look at it man like if if hendrick motorsports were winning all these races with their four guys i think we would say we have a gap problem and 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 when i say all right we've got you know three guys winning a lot of races well guess what those three guys are on three different teams so we've always had the well-funded teams and the underfunded teams. And there's always going to be a gap. So I don't know what he means by the gap has gotten greater. You know, these underfunded teams have the opportunity now, and they didn't have this when I got here. Nobody was trying to help anybody when I got into this sport. Your team was your team. There were no alliances. You know, sure. e- ECR wasn't in place yet. Yeah. Uh, Ford, Ford Robert Yates, Roush Yates engines was not in place yet. These smaller teams have the opportunity to go out now and and have an alliance. It's like we're watching the show Survivor, and it's like, who are you going to align with? Well, guess who aligned with the best team? Who's got the best alliance of those other teams? It's Furniture Row, and it's with Joe Gibbs Racing. So when you look at these alliances that are with teams that are not doing as well, it's like, hey, you better check your alliance. You know what I mean? So I'm spot off for – literally, he said a lot of great things in the article. Gave some good quotes. But I think the gap's always going to be the gap. I don't think it's got any bigger. Uh, I say spot on, and I I do agree with him about the gap uh, getting a little bigger. Um, I I look at a a once mighty team like Roush Fenway falling to almost that mediocrity and below at times type team, with the exception of Stenhouse, uh, you know, being a little bit of their gold star at times. Mm And so I see the the difference. You know, I see Penske and, you know, uh, this is a weird year for Hendrick, but I see those teams getting stronger. So you think Roush? I think Roush is no, no, almost no. a mediocre team. You think Roush is a have-not team? Not a have-not team as far as uh, what are they, what are they re- not, resources. What do they not have? They have the best engines in the garage, some of the best engines. True. So, so there's one equation. Okay, so you got to have engines, you got to have a car, and you got to have a driver. Okay. I think personnel strategy. Uh, so engines at the shop, they still are suffering. But that's but they've become a have not. But 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 that have not is because of leadership. That's not because of like have have not to me means I have something and you don't. Roush okay. Roush has 
to me, all the resources, they have a Ford deal that's huge. Yep. I mean, big Ford team, right? Yep. There are three big Ford teams, Penske, Roush, and obviously Stuart Haas. So big, big manufacturer deal, great engine deal. They have the resources in the shop, and they have the drivers. They got Matt Kenseth. They got Ricky Stenhouse. Who are the have-nots right now, then? I think it's guys like David Reagan's team. You know, and it's just I think the have nots are the front under, row. I think Who it's, else? I think it's the underfunded teams. But you know, you don't see them getting. This is a great debate, actually. You don't see them getting a little bit worse over the last few years. The the, the slower teams. Yeah. The only place they've ever had a chance to win are play tracks yeah. or, or fuel mileage. I mean, we watched yep. we watched Busher win a couple three years ago on a fuel, fuel mileage still at Pocono. Pocono. Yeah. Uh, that's a have not team. That's Cinderella. That's his moment. Yeah. You know, we see that once every three or four years. David that, Reagan, that who the article was written about at Talladega, once again, or, a plate track. Uh, I, I think that gap has always been there, man. I mean, I hate to say this because I love these guys and I started in the sport with them, but when I got to the Wood Brothers, they were a have not team. Yeah. They they didn't have they didn't any, have the alliance they have now. They were in Stewart, Virginia. Yep. Uh, they had thirty employees. They were racing against teams that had a hundred. Uh, their revenue was half of what Yates was. It was half of what Roush was per car, not per organization, per car. So when I got there, I was like, man, this is the Wood Brothers. Like I've I've been a fan my whole life, and you know, no Glenn Wood, Leonard Wood, Eddie Wood, Lynn Wood, no, Kim Hall. Like I'm yeah. like, this is amazing. Like. Wow, they're really understaffed. They don't have engineering. They don't have a good engine deal. And we missed Talladega. We missed Talladega. And after that, they went, okay, we got to step up our resources. So the Have Not team had to put more money into the racing program to get back to where they are today. These guys went from being the Wood Brothers to being a part-time team. Yeah. And now the Wood Brothers brand is back you know, they, they won a race with Blaney two years ago. So Paul Menard's been in contention. Paul Menard's he's got to finish races. He can't do it. Yep. But but doing I guess for me, the have not team uh is a money issue. I don't see it as a competition issue because I mean we could look at like you said, Roush is a have not. Roush has. They just aren't doing the right thing with what they have, in my opinion. Spot on, spot off. Multiple spins and crashes at the Roval test over the last two weeks. Oh, man, TJ and I, I wish TJ was uh, not babysitting today and, and was here with us, but uh, we, we recorded at a different time because our boss, Dale Jr., took our slot. I'm not sure how that ended up playing out, but I, we weren't involved in the comp. We were voluntold what we were going to do. Well, I, I know how one thing turned out, and that was that <laughs> damn test. Usually tests aren't very exciting. Yeah, so the test. But that was. The test at the Roval. <laughs> Here's the best thing about the Roval for the fans is you can get a seat and be able to see the entire track. Uh, you are going extremely fast. I was fast. wondering that. You, you can, man. I mean, you I'm can, telling really. you. If you if so you, there's no real big dips and no, stuff if, where you can't. If okay, you great. get in the top 10 rows of that place, you're going to be able to see the entire track, which great. for a road course is very unique. Um there's a lot of things I wish they'd change about it. It's way too much for me to get into at this point in the show. But the thing for the drivers is they're going really, really fast everywhere. Uh, and, and, and I think that's going to be a challenge because there's no real runoff area. You're, you're going really that's fast. You make a mistake. That mistake means you're going to hit something. Okay. The most challenging part of the track, though, for me is turn one. And it's really weird because it's like they come into turn one, they take a hard left, and it literally looks like they're driving through a tunnel. That's how narrow it is. Yeah. Well, our restarts, we're going to come to the green on the oval. So we're going to be going faster entering turn one on restarts 
than we are when we're actually in the race because there, there's a big chicane right before turn one when you're running the road course. We don't take the green on the road course. We take the green on the oval. So your speeds are going to be higher going into the most treacherous corner on the course, and it's only one lane when you get there. It's going to be a demo derby late after these guys. I, I would think they're going to tiptoe through this, and I know these cup guys are going to be watching the Xfinity guys the day before. How do they balance this? My only real issue, though, with the track is if you have a crash and they hit those tire barriers, it's going to take an hour to clean it up. Yeah, we saw when uh, William Byron hit that um, hit that barrier going into that first turn. He lost his brakes. It, it gave me concerns. Yes. Um, it gave me concerns as a guy that's been in the sport a long time. Uh, yes, there was barriers and it absorbed impact, uh, but I didn't like the angle of that wall personally. I didn't like that situation. If he had, If somebody hangs a throttle right there, um, I don't like how that looks. Yeah. And, and maybe that comes from, you know, watching a Pocono race of champions modified race in the last, at the, at where they, we ran the three quarter mile oval there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it went into pit road and behind that big building and all that stuff. And the last year there, for some reason, instead of having the big water barrels and whatnot, they put a wall straight across there. Don Pratt buried it in there, throttle hung, gone. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Lost Don Pratt. A little while later in the race, your buddy, spotter, mm-hmm. Eddie DeHunt, yeah. same thing. They're all hung. Boom. Right in there. We thought he was gone. He survived. That right there, when I saw that wreck, it just reminded me of that. And thank God there's absorption there. I'm not a big fan of it still. Yeah. So the the big problem area is for you fans when you're watching this race, turn three. Guys were wrecking on their own. Yes. Uh, well, it's we, kind of off camber, is it a little? No, uh, turn three is not so much. Turn six is. Okay. Turn six kind of is like the cars want to roll over. And you uh-huh. don't really see wrecks there. I saw Amarola kind of run off the track. Um, but you're just lacking grip and your car's sliding. And you'll see them as they come over that hill, crest uh-huh. that hill. Uh, but turn three is a flat-out struggle corner. I've always said turn one at Watkins Glen is the most difficult corner in NASCAR. We see more single car crashes yeah. there than any other corner of anywhere we go. There's, those guys get into one. It's a downhill breaking corner. They will hop. They crash. There's now runoff, so they can kind of get their car back yeah, yeah. fired up and get going. But with the way this track is configured, there's a lot of tire barriers, and when you hit tire barriers, it's a mess. Yeah. So I don't know how they bound those tires together, but they got to really, in my opinion, go rethink that because we don't need one-hour cleanups for every crash. No. It'll be crazy. But I expect a lot of wrecks. All right. Let's we'll take a break. Hey, Matthew, do you know One Main is going to run their 2018 One Main Speedway sweepstakes? Dude, I would love to enter that thing. I'll, I'll tell you what, it's uh, pretty cool. Actually, the winners, they're going to be flown to Charlotte, North Carolina, right here, beautiful North Carolina, uh, for the Roval race that we were just talking about. Action pack. You're going to see a bunch of wrecks. It's going to be nuts. Uh, I'm at Charlotte Motor Speedway beginning Friday, September 28th. It's going to be the bomb. You're not eligible. I know yeah. I'm not. Yeah, you can't enter, but everybody that's listening can enter. And everybody that's listening is millions of people. So your odds of winning are, are going to be high because I think we got more than one winner for this thing. But here's what you won't believe is you get to do a lot of cool things. And, you get to, and, what, what, what do they win? Well, the biggest thing they're going to win is they get to meet Dale Jr. and Elliot Sadler. That's a big deal. And Brett Griffin? Uh, I'm, maybe, I'm with Elliot a maybe, lot, so yeah. there's a good chance. Um, you're going to get a lot of cool swag. But the coolest thing you're going to get, other than meeting Dale Jr., what would be the only thing you would want to do other than meet Dale Jr.? I think ride along in a race car. So the, the, the no grand, joke. The grand prize winner gets to ride with him in a race car, and you're going to get VIP treatment. Okay, this this part I heard about. Schultz filled me in on this. You're going to get VIP treatment at this uh, race if you are the sweepstakes winner. 
They're going to like trim your toenails for you, pedicure up on the pit box. I oh. mean, I'm telling you, this is like, gonna, you are going to be treated like gold. No, nah, I don't want nobody to cut my toenails. No. I don't like anybody. You're showing your toenails right now. I know, but don't touch my toes. I'm a, uh-uh. But that ride along with Dale Earnhardt Jr., that's absolutely awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing better How in this sport. How many people can say they can do that? Uh, there's not many other people in the sport that can actually say, there's a lot of ways to go ride in race cars, but there's not ways to ride in race cars with Dale Jr. Hey, hey, hey you're going to win this contest. You're going to uh, get to play catch with Tom Brady. Yeah, it's a big deal. Boom. That's a different contest. This contest is with this, Dale Jr. and Elliott. Yeah, but that, that's the equivalent. Yeah. It's a good thing we're racing. <laughs> I don't want to throw a ball with Dale Jr. How can they enter, Brett? To enter, go to omf.com backslash Speedway Sweeps and complete the online form. Entries will be accepted through August 24th. And uh, remember, there's no purchase necessary. That's the coolest part to enter, to win. You don't have to buy anything. Uh, void where prohibited. Subject to official rules at onemainracing.com slash official dash rules. You must be 21 to enter, which means, Jason Schultz, you are out. I'm out. Can't You're out. Bye-bye. This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Matthew Dillner. Wednesday night, NASCAR's Truck Series got into a dust-up at Eldora Speedway for the annual Dirt Derby. In a finish for the ages, Grant Enfinger and Chase Briscoe leaned on each other the entire last lap and crossed the line in a photo finish, with Chase Briscoe taking the big win. A dirt track ace was the driver who pulled the checkered flag out of the hat when the Xfinity Series hit the track at the Magic Mile. Christopher Bell grabbed the top spot at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, his second win in a row. Junior Motorsports' top dog was the number seven of Justin Allgaier, who started seventh and finished seventh. The headliner during New England NASCAR weekend was the Cup Series. After defeating Mother Nature, Kevin Harvick pushed his way by Kyle Busch to take his series-leading sixth race of the season. This weekend, the Xfinity Series revisits Iowa Speedway on Saturday, while the Trucks and Cup duel at the Tricky Triangle, Pennsylvania's Pocono Raceway. The Junior Motorsports late models had a week off, but they're back in action on July 28th at North Carolina's Hickory Motor Speedway with drivers Jagger Jones and Sam Mayer. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, please visit exaltacs.com. Let's go into Fastlane now where we're going to give Brett and Matthew a topic to discuss That's and they each get 30 seconds to respond. First up, another thrilling Eldora Dirt Derby left fans calling for more dirt races in NASCAR. Would you like to see a dirt race in the Cup or Xfinity Series, Brett? No. I want to push you. I don't need 30 seconds, man. I don't. Uh, I just think that this is the Truck Series opportunity. It's their Indy 500. It's their Daytona 500. You know, it's their Kentucky Derby. It's It makes that series have something special within the motorsports ranks and the NASCAR ranks. And I don't want to – that's the best thing that series has going for it. Don't screw it up. Give the people what they want. That's what I say. Uh, you know, the truck series, it is their kind of special marquee event. But the people want it. Some of the racers want it. I can't believe Kyle Larson didn't. I don't want to see a cup race there. I agree with Kyle Larson on that one. But I want to see an Xfinity Series race there. I want to see a doubleheader there. And you know what? I want to see another dirt track. I was thinking about it the other day. Lucas Oil Raceway out there in Wheatland, Missouri. That place that my nephew says you can eat off the concourse floors. They're power washed. It's one of the most beautiful facilities and great racetracks in this country. 
and I think we should expand, do a doubleheader at Eldora, and I think we should do one more dirt race. The people want it. Your time's Give up. Give it to them. Your time's Give up. Give it to them. Your time's still up. Brother. Ding, ding. The, the thing that people want is cup drivers at this racetrack. We've done that. We had Prelude to the Dream, and it was a phenomenal event. Cup drivers have the opportunity to get in this truck race if they want to. Go find the funding. Guys like Ryan Newman did it. So, for me, again, branding, perspective, leave it alone. And listen, Tony Stewart may kick my ass because he's my boss. And I, I know he said he wants the Xfinity Series there. And and, it's and he a, engaged the people to do it, big, which I thought was badass. Big, big revenue model for him. I mean, he needs – the more racing, the better off he does. I've been to the dream there. You know, they run so many great dirt track races there. But just, man, let NASCAR leave it alone. God. Sorry, Matthew. I like you so much, man. <laughs> I really do. But I – oh, my God. I'm sorry. Ah, it's like he's talking like you're a Clemson fan or something. No. Like, you, did you go to Clemson? I have been to Clemson, but did not you go? Class. Now, did you? It sounds like you. Went. I wouldn't have married a girl that went to Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I would marry. I only had like two Clemson friends. I wouldn't marry a New York Rangers fan. Like, a, if my if a woman was a New York Rangers fan, I mean, I feel hockey, like I'm so shallow. I feel like, well, hearing you say that, I feel like that's really shallow. I don't yeah. care. So I think that uh, I, <laughs> I think that I've now just made myself because I'm not a double standard. Hey man, it's guy. okay. You you know I mean, you're shallow. You're not. I guess I'm shallow about it. But can I? I mean, I couldn't imagine waking up and. She'd be like, hey, um, the Clemson's on. What? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Our interest, it'd be like voting for Hillary. I couldn't have married somebody that voted for Hillary. Same thing. Here we go again. <laughs> All right, Spike that needle. <laughs> Brad Keselowski said he's an advocate for the most season-long wins determining the champion. Do you want to see this happen, Matthew? I'm sorry. I don't know. Sometimes Brad is in Bradland. <laughs> it's like Adventureland. It's Bradland. There's damn carousels going on in his brain, roller coasters. I think he's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. Brad is a smart guy. He's a damn good racer. But, dude, come on, man. No. Uh-uh. A champion is a damn champion. It's not just somebody that goes out there and gets checkered flags. I like the qualifications of a driver having to win and it benefiting him within the championship structure. But, heck, no. If you win the most races in today's model, it gives you a really good chance of being the champion. So I don't I'm not for change again on the championship model. We have changed it so much over the last decade, the last 15 years. Like, number one, we don't need change. Uh, Number two, (laughs) Bradland's really funny. (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, Brad. Let's go. Would you buy a ticket? Ticket to what? Bradland? Bradland, man. No. It's got his big old head right there. You could drink Miller Lights all day and spin around on rides and probably throw up all over the place like he did in Vegas in the championship weekend. <laughs> well, like I think I think Brad's a very methodical thinker. I don't think he oh, yeah. gets on TV and says these things. But he says the, some strange I'm, things. I'm a candid dude. Like I don't sit at home and think, well, I wonder when this happens, what I'm gonna say. But I think guys like Brad go, How what what do I think about the this? The dude wanted electric cars in NASCAR. And I think they go through this process and then he just Blurts it out, and and it's like, <laughs> like like the electric cars. I remember seeing that. And I'm just like I'm like looking off like into space. Like did did that really just happen? Well, that's like, and I've told Clint this before, and Clint does not own a Tesla. But I was like, why are are your peers buying Teslas? And he's like, what? And I was like. They get paid to race gas engine cars. They get paid millions of dollars. Why would you go buy and support an electric car? Because it's cool and it's hip and it's trendy and you're rich. That'd be like Jesse James driving around in a freaking moped. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm like, what, what are we doing? Anyway, sorry. Right. Let's get out of Bradland and go to Pocono. <laughs> uh, Pocono, Poco, yes. Yeah. So Pocono's produced a couple first-time winners over the last two years with Chris Buescher in 16 and Ryan Blaney in 17. Which driver looking for their first win could most likely extend the streak on Sunday? Brett. Wow, that's a good question. Thank you. Uh, so good, I don't have an answer. <laughs> I, I'm going to pick the guy that we need to win out of the first-time winner group, or 2B first-time winner group, uh, and that's Chase Elliott. You know, I mean, the, of the Chevrolets, uh, he and Larson have had the most speed, uh, so he gives you the best opportunity of the Bowtie Camp to get that first win. So I would pick, if all worlds were, were equal and Clint Boyer's not going to win this weekend, I would hope it would be Chase Elliott. I think Chase Elliott or Alex Bowman would be the obvious choice for this one, but Chevrolet is just, I mean, I'm sorry. Like I, I love Chevrolet, but they're just not performing right now. Chase Elliott was the only one, and, and I think it's a place, uh, it's hard to judge that because here's a place at New Hampshire where you're off throttle so much. So it's, it's a lot about chassis and handling and stuff, and I think they hit on something with that nine car. I, I mean, really, if you're going to look at it, maybe you'd look at a Daniel Suarez. Yeah, he'd I mean, be a good call. He'd be a good call, but oh, that's a tough one. I'm done. All right. <laughs> no more. Worth this ding. Yes. All right. Let's head to the off-the-wall topic. A woman in Boston became a millionaire for 10 minutes when her bank accidentally deposited $1.1 million into her account. <laughs> So if you had $1.1 million for 10 minutes, what would you spend it on? If they give it to me and I spend it, do I owe it back to them in 10 minutes? Uh, let's say you can spend it on whatever no, you want. No, I mean, but, but if yeah. I'm her, like in, yeah. in this real life uh-huh. situation where the bank screwed up. They just took it back out of her account. I know, but if she had spent it that yeah. fast, does <laughs> she not owe the bank back? A they said there was something dollars. illegal about spending money that's not yours in this article. She's so nice. What an idiot. Who did this? If I had a million dollars. So if I would had you a, buy me a million bread? dollars, what would I spend it on in 10 minutes? Yeah. You only got 10 minutes. 10 minutes, man. That's a I'll, short time. Like yeah. I have 10 minutes to spend it? Yeah. Well, hell, I only need 30 seconds. Just buy a house. Bam. Myrtle Beach. I'm done. Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Done. Right on the intercoastal. Um, I actually had to pull this up. I have a bucket list on my phone. And under and I keep it. I've done it for years. No, and underneath it, I have. I bet there's like some weird <laughs> on there, yeah. dude. I'm the most narrow. I'm like it's all racing. My wife picks on me about it. Um, race car. Yeah, it's like race trailer. Race track. Track. Yeah, that's, <laughs> even, that's even. So more I have weird. something underneath it. Seriously, that says if I won the lotto, and you can look at it right here, the lottery, what I would do. So I'll just read off what I would do. So it would have to do it really quick, man. So I might need your help on this. Uh, I'd invest in an orphanage. Uh, jumpstart my lost speedways project. Um, and I take care of my parents. Here's so, what I want to do. And I buy number four on that one is I'd buy Bowman Gray Stadium. Here's what I want to do with your Lost Speedway project. And you're not going to like my idea, but I don't care because it's mine. I would like to take and and have a reality. And when I say reality, I mean reality. I mean no BS at all on and off the track. A reality show solely based on females racing at short tracks. And I would like to have five short tracks. I would like to run 10 races. And I would like to have, because y'all know girls are meaner than boys. I have found that out by having two daughters. I did not know this in life. They're competitive. But by having two daughters, and I I hope my daughters are sweet as I think they are, but girls are meaner than hell. So if I could have 20 Uh and 15 of them be hot, (laughs) <laughs> of course you're gonna because, go there because because <laughs> you need the you need the wingman. No, I don't want. I don't. I want to see them 
catfighting. I want to see them racing. I want to see them wrecking. I want to see the branding. So that, Real Housewives of, of, of racing. racing. Let's yep. not say NASCAR. I don't want them to be married. Real Housewives. Okay, so I don't care if they're married. Real single women of racing. I don't care if they're married. That's so fine where does that? I'm glad that I thought you were going somewhere else. I don't want them to be. I don't, so, I don't want so. them to be rich, bold. Though I want them to be. I want them to be race car drivers. And we got some race car drivers. There's some women coming up that could. But hey, right now, if Danica wants to get in on this, great. We got Danica. We got. She Joe should Hanlon. be like the mom of the like. Yeah, the, the the, she could be like the, the house mom. She's like a black widow. She eats her young. We got <laughs> Johanna Long. We got you know we got some experience. Hell, bring back Patty Moise. Is she too old for this? Oh, Patty Moise. Put her in there. And and here's the thing though. Then I want to see these Haley Dugan or Deegan. 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 Haley Deegan. Haley Deegan. Uh, there's a few of them. Like this could be fun. Yeah. But, but I got to be rich to pull this off. Yeah, man. Because you're gonna have to pay them all. Well, I got to go out and buy the airtime because no network's going to let me just sell this. And they're, they goes, I'm gonna have to buy the 30 minute box. You're like the Godfather of female racing. So I buy 30 minute blocks and I go sell my own ads. Like I need about 10 million dollars to do this right. I mean, uh, Schultz. I didn't Loan. mean to steal your idea. No, man. I was glad. I thought you were going somewhere else with Lost Speedways, and I'm so glad it was totally opposite. Can you? Would so you I'm let, sensitive would about you let Lost me do Speedways. That? What? Would you let me do that? Let me. It has nothing to do if with we Lost to, Speedways. If we went to North Wilkesboro. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, it has nothing to do with Lost Speedways. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. All right. Lost Speedways is my baby, man. All right. Good. All right. Let's go and ask DBC where producer Jason has chosen a few. Hey, that's you. Ash. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Oh, wow. I know that guy. DBC questions. So, first up from at John, underscore Johnny Thomas. With all the talk about schedules, do you think we'll see weekday cup races and double headers one day? I'd love to see weekday races, man. I've been. Uh, Saying for years when we make that West Coast swing, I would love to race Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday. You know, run Vegas on Saturday, run Phoenix on Wednesday, run Fontana on Sunday. Give us a day or so in between. We can do all these in two-day shows. I know that football is successful on Monday nights. I know that college football is successful on Thursday nights. So why are we not playing in this in this world a little bit? And I think TV has to take the lead for this to happen. And, and hopefully the right TV executive is listening today because I know they all listen to the show. And hopefully they're listening and they're going, you know what, Brett's idea is good. We should do it. I mean, everybody thinks you're Double header's weird. But you know, I, if we do a double header, I think Matthew will agree with this, and I'll shut up. you got to shorten. Like, it's got to be yes. a 100-mile race at Like Pocono. twin 100. Twin 100s that, at Pocono. I like that. That'd be phenomenal. And you pay half the points. So if, if you're awarding this amount of points to the, you know, half the points for each side, so it's not like the Pocono weekend can completely destroy you. Oh, my God, that guy out there looks like a young um, uh, Norm Benning. Oh. Anyway, uh, I saw a squirrel. 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 Uh, what, what was the question again? Because I want to answer this crap. Should we, we do weekday races and doubleheaders? Okay, weekday races, yes. I think we're going to see them. I know we're going to see them within the next few years, the way the driver council and the secret council is talking about it. <laughs> but <laughs> the double secret, triple secret council. But I'm just going to say this. We'll make a huge mistake like we would if, with the dirt racing. If we knee-jerk react, uh, react and we go to 10 dirt races, that'll be bad for the sport. If we knee-jerk react and we put in too many weekday shows, it would hurt the sport. You know when I want to see it? During football season. I want to see a Wednesday night race on NBCSN during the playoffs, possibly, in that season where every everybody's Sunday focus in America seems to be on football. I want to see that. Just, I think there's great potential uh, for our TV broadcast partners you just to stated, do something like that. You just that. stated the biggest challenge that I think we have as a sport right now. The though. biggest. And that is that we're on NBCSN and not NBC. 
Yes, uh, I agree. I'm, because I'm, uh, when we went from network television to cable network television, it has everybody screaming about our ratings being down, and uh, most of that is because we switch channels. Yes, it's yep. and I can tell you from a sponsorship sales perspective, it, it it hurts your efforts because my sponsors want to be on NBC. Yes, you know they want to be on the the national channel. The network channel. So, but that, but that is what it is. I want to say something I, I, else to this because you you made another good point about the the racetracks. Like when I look at these racetracks, and and we go to some of these places one time, some of them two times, some of them sell tickets, some of them don't. NASCAR needs to really get their thumb on this thing. And you know mm-hmm. what they need to say? If you don't sell tickets, we're moving your date. Indianapolis. Guess oh, what? A lot of fire. Guess what? Guess saying. what? We're going to come back to Indianapolis, but we're going to IRP. If you could take the 40 cup cars and put them at IRP to end the regular season, uh-huh. you'd sell <laughs> you'd sell 50,000 tickets, no problem. you put on a hell of a show. Like Indianapolis Motor Speedway is sitting here getting all of our TV money. Yeah. And they're not – what. Look at what they do for the Indy 500. Do something big for the Brickyard 400, or guess what? You lose it. Yeah. Put some pressure on these tracks to go out and do their I, jobs. I, I like that. I also think uh, uh, in the second half of the season, and this kind of relates to what you're talking about, but um, our big challenge besides the network thing, I think, is the battle against football, and that's a whole different topic. And I think we're going in the wrong direction. Um, and NBC Sports and NBCSN, they're doing a – ridiculously good job let's just say that love it ridiculously good job agree but if i'm sitting at home with that clicker in my hand okay and it's one o'clock and i turn on my football game to see my panthers okay that race starts at two o'clock oh now i have to make a decision and switch over or watch both or whatever okay let's just say we start the race at noon it gives you one hour before that kickoff also if my team's playing at four I could watch the whole dang race. Yep. I'm into throwing stuff today. I just threw oh, my pen. Oh, no. Stop so throwing it over here. Let's go, Jason. All right. Next Dig. question from at Tom Berlin. No. Ask, uh, with, all, with another big sponsor leaving the sport, what can NASCAR do to cut cost enough for teams not to need tens of millions of dollars for sponsor money? I guess the five-hour news yeah. came out this week uh, that, that they're leaving the sport, which is unfortunate. Uh, having had the opportunity to work with those guys, they're brilliant marketers and did a lot of great things with their program to bring people to the racetrack, yes. the distributors, the guys that were. And this is a big brand. This guy bought, I don't know if I can say this, but this guy bought the five-hour energy formula at a trade show for $30,000. Good for him. And he, as a marketer, built it into a billion-dollar business, an energy shot. Brilliant. So literally the American dream and one of the best American sports with NASCAR. Uh, Hate to see him go. You know, the thing is, man, we've seen it before. NASCAR comes in and tries to tell you how to spend your money. You know, no testing, no this, no that. No that. The reality is – we're going to spend as much money as it takes to win races. That's what successful teams are going to do. And that's what that gap that David Reagan is talking about, the have-have-nots, he's saying it's gotten bigger. It hadn't gotten bigger. The gap hadn't gotten bigger. It's just gotten more expensive to, to do, in my opinion. I think it's challenging times. I think we need to activate differently as a sport. I think NASCAR needs to promote our sport in the advertising sector better. Sprint used to pay for that advertising. Monster Energy does not uh, do that any longer. That affects so many things to what we're talking about here. Um, and it affects team sponsorship as well. Um, these teams need to see that value. We also need to stop crapping on our sport. And that goes from every level, from team people 
to media members that just, I mean, the next time I see a race end that was a darn good race and the next day on Monday, I'm seeing things about TV ratings and, 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 and attendance numbers, go home. Go cover tennis, man. I'm done with you. Uh, because I don't want to talk about that crap anymore. We got a freaking badass sport, and we are a value for a sponsor to come in here and put your name on the side of these race cars. And if you activate it correctly, like I've seen so many teams do, it's an incredibly valuable thing for for a person to come in and be a marketing partner of a race team. Here's, this is off topic, but you, you kind of led me into this. The media a lot of times controls a narrative, especially yes. especially the big outlets. So we go to New Hampshire, and the narrative was PJ won. I know. I don't want that to be the narrative. That really excites the fans. Let's talk about PJ won. No, I want to talk about the drivers, the personalities. The, the only cars. race in Loudon, too. It's the only it's race only in the race. Boston and, market. Let's I'm talk about you, that. I'm telling you, dude, the narrative all weekend. I know. We're reapplying PJ won. Oh. It's going to rain. We're going to reapply PJ won after stage one. PJ won, PJ won. Thank God the media aren't the promoters because they would suck. One. Like, let's stop. The, the narratives are being controlled in the wrong way. The narratives are also being controlled by... Uh, if the drivers want to talk about it in an interview, yeah, that's fine. Them. Yeah. But the media, and, and by media people, media people listen to our podcast, I'm not fussing at you guys. I'm just saying, stop talking about crap. Who cares? I don't care, and I work in the sport. It doesn't affect how I spot. It doesn't affect how fans watch. It doesn't affect how they absorb the race. You know, It affects the guy sitting in the car. Let him talk about it. And the track, we're reapplying. Look at here, look at us. Look how about... How about how about taking that time and go buy some radio ads and try to yes. you know, buy some more billboards, buy radio ads, and get creative. Save your PJ one money and go do go that. Go to a local short track, okay. And this is one thing Lenny Batiki did so well, and he's with Charlotte Motor Speedway now, but he's got a different role for Gateway. He said, you know, he wouldn't just go to a local short track and wear khakis and go up in the booth do an interview, give away tickets, and leave. He would go in his blue jeans. He would sit with the people. The grassroots people, and those are the people that we are losing in ways in our sport, going after the young and white-collar crowd, go to the people like that. We need to, to do some guerrilla marketing and promotion in our sport, and not just do social media posts and cute little gifts and all this stuff, but our sport has not changed. These cars back here behind us are badass. Yep. And when you go to a racetrack, I haven't been to the track in a while. I get to go short tracks now and all, but I was at New Hampshire this weekend. Yeah. And dude, I'm sorry, there ain't nothing cooler than sitting there and pre-racing. Those cars crank up. And I was on the grandstand side this weekend as well. And it is freaking awesome. All right. At Deb Dop ask, NBC had drivers picking other drivers for class clown, nerd, etc. <laughs> Who would you say is the class clown of spotters? <laughs> uh, probably TJ. He's a clown. Can't defend he's himself. A, he's a prankster. Yeah. Uh, he's a class clown. He's definitely not most talented. He's definitely not best dressed. He's definitely not best looking. <laughs> so if he's going to win a spotter superlative, it's probably going to be class clown. Ask me the question real quick. Ask you the question? Yeah, I want to hear the score. What is it again? Who would you say is a, a class clown of spotters? You think it's me? Yeah, man, you're funny as hell. You're opinionated. Um, you're you're one of the more bold spotters. So I'd say you and my boy Long Island's very own two-time rookie of the year in the figure eight division at River at Raceway, Freddie Craft. How can you win rookie of the year two times? It is the greatest <laughs> yeah. story, dude. I'm telling you, I told this to a high-level driver. I forgot who it was once, and they turned their head like, "Wait, what? Freddie Craft." 
is a two-time Rookie of the Year in the figure eight division at my home track, Riverhead Raceway. Note the most dubious distinction in the history of motorsports. Nobody else can have that stat. We should have Freddie on here. Dude, Freddie should be a, a backup when TJ yeah. uh, has uh, to babysit. TJ has to like watch freaking Wheel of Fortune or whatever he's doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Freddie knows some of my mean, skeletons, though. I don't know if I can bring that guy on here. <laughs> TJ Fred, doesn't know wait, any of my Freddie skeletons. and you would be funny as hell. Well, Freddie, me and Freddie hang out a lot. Yeah. Uh, on, on the racetrack and off. Like, yeah. I mean, he was over at my house the other week. Drinking uh, waters, chilling out, yeah. having, having a good time. No, Freddie's a good dude. When he, yeah. But he's, I mean, he's a Yankee. So I'm just warning you off. We bring him on here. He's, like, he's Strong Island he's for sure. He's a full-blown Yankee. And he's got an opinion. He's just, he's like, okay, you guys are like brothers. He's like the, you're like the Southern craft. Somebody says to me uh, this week via text message, they said, you don't like Yankees, do you? I said, no, I love Yankees. I got a bunch of Yankee buddies. I don't like Yankees. <laughs> There's a big difference. Like, someone go there. Like, are we talking? Forget it. I'm out. Are we done? That, that was it. You got a rant? Hey, you got you to gotta at least include one, one question next week from that lady that sends 100. Sends 2 million. I saw you tweet her back. Is her name Cassie like, or yeah. something? Hey, send in your questions to has, at hashtag ask dbc and it's like question 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 hate questions like not, about, not 100 questions yeah. one good question one good question like just bring that's what, what i told just her one good yeah. question just one and then save your other 52 for the next 52 weeks. <laughs> uh, works out i'll also say hit up our social media tags because uh, we're really working hard to do some stuff that's different schultz's been helping us out too dirty mo media on facebook on twitter and the IG baby slide up in those DMs. No, I'm just kidding. I just, that's like your favorite expression. Yeah. But, uh, TJ's. Don't give us DMs, please. Yep. I don't want to handle that. We're going to uh, Pocono. Pocono. Oh, we're going to pick? So you can't pick. TJ can tweet his pick. Can I pick uh, for TJ? Yeah. Because I get the pick first. No, you're not picking for TJ. You can pick for yourself. By the way, you better save Stenhouse for uh, uh, Bristol. I am picking Daniel Suarez for Pocono. Suarez for Pocono. And then we'll see who he tweets. And I have a small rant. I only have a few minutes. I got to yeah, get out of here. Uh, so some buddies of mine, spotter guys like Doug Campbell, who spots for Casey Kane, <laughs> went down and changed tires. Oh, yeah. For Tommy Baldwin Racing in the Modified. And they had, they were having live pit stops. Did Monez do it? And no, or did they not have any no, uh, bling for his uh, fire suit? They didn't do Monez. Monez didn't qualify. But the thing is, for me, we're always talking about cost in motorsports, cost in motorsports. And nothing upsets me more than to, to be at the Snowball Derby and to watch uh, Hunter Robbins, I believe was his last name, leading the race, fastest car, come in on pit road and come out 12th because John Hunter Nemechek, the guy beside of him, has a Ganassi pit crew paying him $1,000 a piece to come pit the car. They're, they're spending ten grand, and, and he's got his buddies jumping over the wall. Like it, it frustrates me when I see series, lower series. I really even include the truck series in this. I want to see the best car with the best driver, with the best crew. And What's by the crew, solution then? With the best crew. I mean pit crew. I don't mean pit crew. I mean the guys who worked on the car. Stop live pit stops in these smaller series. It's making or, or these. Or do, do you do a thing? I mean, because think of it. What's, take a break. What's the damn solution? No. You can fans take, don't want to see the break. Then, then do, the race is going to be the length of a fuel window. Okay, can I ask you a question? Give them, give can, them, a, can, give them a big fuel what cell. What about this suggestion? Okay. If, if you're not hands-on if you're not they've got these patches now where you you're this member that member if we say say in the xfinity series or in the uh a truck series let's start with the truck series you have to be one of those designated mechanics or somebody that works on the car to go over the wall how about that guess which way they're gonna go they're gonna start having donkeys working on the cars 
well, then they'll go slower. So eventually it's going to, it would uh, even out, I think. I think you're wrong. I think they go hire the athlete and teach they, him how to, and they train him how to work on the car. Oh, God. And, then that would really hurt and, our and sport. They put more pressure on the guys in the shop to provide that because you and I both know at the track right now, we're mm-hmm. not making the amount of changes on these cars we used to make. No. We would change points. We would change upper control arms. Yeah, we yeah. would change sway bars. Now the, a big change is changing some uh, springs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to change the right rear spring here, yeah. guys. Like, I, I think for me, I think you just eliminate the live pit stop and, and stop making it. If the caution comes out or whatever, there's a process in place that protects these guys. But I want to see – the Maybe best in driver, truck, but geez, come but on. I'm, I'm talking about late models, dude. We got these late model teams. When you go to these these tracks where, like yeah. the Snowball Derby, yeah, yeah, you got these guys spending a pile of money. Good luck trying to race against. Yeah, but we, my brother had a team, and you we talk had about have and have, and we trained, dude. We practiced, and uh-huh. it was like such a cool thing to go out there and do a pit stop and try to get on par with those guys. We knew we were underdogs doing it, but that was kind of the fun of it. You talk about the have and have nots. Yeah, I was a gas man. That's messed you talk up. Talk about dude. have and have nots, though. Like in those series, when, for those particular races, yeah. here is a guy named Hunter that has the car and has oh, the yeah. driver. You're right, but he doesn't have the pit. Time Jeski got bit in the butt a few years ago at the uh, Snowball Derby because of that. I mean, because he didn't have a, a paid pit crew and he came out. The Snowball Derby race. shouldn't be about pit crews. I'm sorry, it should be about. But the Snowball Derby with uh, brakes. Oh. It should, uh-uh. it should be about the driver and the car. Then put a big-ass fuel cell in it and run 150 laps and whatever. It is what it is. But I'm telling you, from a cost perspective and a competition perspective, not a fan. Take away live pit stops for these younger series, lower series. That's it. We're off to Pocono. That was a rant. That was a rant. Can't, I can't wait to go to Pocono. Thanks to one main in Exalta. Go Brett's have headed some. to the airport. Yes. Flying to Miami. I like Miami. Can I come? Are you going to wear boat shoes and no socks? And like, are you going to go like Miami Vice style? I'm wearing. We're going to see a picture of you on a cigarette boat, like today, Tim Richmond or something. Today I'm wearing flip flops and a t-shirt <laughs> like I have on here. And tomorrow I got to wear a suit. I got a meeting. So I'm out. Thank you guys. Thanks, one main Matthew. Thanks for super subbing. Jason, thanks for uh, the show sheet. You did phenomenal. Of course. Always appreciate you Clemson. guys having me. The way we spell Clemson is Clem sucks. C-L-E-M-S-U-X. Okay. <laughs> I had a couple of people sign me up. I'm out. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.